Radio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. Let's watch full-length movies on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. Let's watch full-length movies on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. Let's watch. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Chester Cashcock. Hi. And uh, who's this? Is this Scurvy McFuckduck? <laughs> Hang on a sec. We got a little Hi, feedback. Mike. All right. Carl, Carl. Let's watch. Hey, Mike. What's going on, man? You picked a great movie today. Oh, I, I did, huh? I picked, a, I, didn't, I picked the theme song where you don't talk. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Up? Sorry, we're working Everybody out. Everybody knows it so well, any yeah, old way. Oh yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's catch everyone up to speed. You're listening to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube, the podcast with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Carl is on the phone. Hi, Carl. Hi. Hi, Mike. Hi, everybody. Uh, you are calling us from the East Coast. I'm here on the West Coast, San Francisco, New Jersey. Connect represents, and what we do is we watch a full length movie on YouTube. Here's the details. We are live. Mutiny Radio FM. 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T is the name of the show. And that's also on mutinyradio.fm, too. You could use our RSS feed. Very popular. Thanks, everybody, for making that happen. And before we start our movie today, you can go to Let's Watch, a full-length movie on youtube.blogspot.com. We'll have all the movies embedded. We'll have all the podcasts available. And the idea is you watch the movie, you listen to us at the same time. So, Carl, uh, tell us about the movie that we're going to see tonight. You have selected Paul McCartney's famous Give My Regards to Broad Street. No, it's famous because it's a big piece of shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, even though it's a big piece of shit, the album sold great, okay? So it's just the movie. Now, you are, a be- you, you are my guide today because you are a yeah. Uber Beatles fan or a Supreme Uber? I would say, yeah. yes, I am. And I don't know that that's going to make me your guide for this film. I did a lot of research on this film. Okay. I'm a big Paul McCartney fan and Beatles fan, and this movie just doesn't do it. It's just—it's a failure. It was a—it was a misstep on his part. Ego, ego, a lot of ego. So it'll be fun. Do you think I can use this? All right. Uh, well, cool. I'm looking forward to it. So just uh, this is 1984. So this is. Uh, uh, he did the Wings in the late seventies, right? And he went solo albums. And this is around. Right. This, this is a Michael Wings Jackson. Wings was over oh. by this point. He does yeah. do Wings song in the film. I know. But, yeah, I can't Wings wait. <laughs> I'm not playing any sound on this uh, show. So go ahead. I think you guys got the idea. Hopefully, you are at YouTube right now, and in the search engine, go ahead and type "Give your regards to Broad Street." Uh, well, give my regards to Broad Street. And I would advise um, doing Give My Regards to Broad Street 
faithful movie. Um, yeah, and so- you will come up, I think. Okay, so Mike, you want to do a playlist, right? Because I can't find it. Okay. I, I find a playlist, one through eight, that goes smooth. You'll have to tolerate commercials. We can always do our pause and buffer. Well, well, tell me the version that you want us to use, because to be honest okay. with you, I originally saw this movie years ago on YouTube with sound. Two years ago, I saw it posted full length, but with the sound shut off. And then a couple of weeks ago, when we decided to do this, I couldn't find any of those versions. If you're really going to do it with it muted all the time, there, there is a version with subtitles. Or Let's do the subtitle version. It's subtitles in English. It's it's uh okay, so that one is um Who's who's posting it? Which uh channel? Right. Okay, so let me just give a quick uh check on that. Okay. All right, we are waiting in anticipation. Do I have it on VHS? Okay. <laughs> No, this that show is. Look, Carl's very strict about this. It's, you have to watch the movie on YouTube, Paul. <laughs> Paul Brumbaugh from Magic Sanity here at Muni Radio. So, you have guests today in. in I have uh, people hanging out. You're more than welcome to join. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd say hi. Hi. <laughs> he, he's uh, uh, Paul is uh, hijacking my mic, just chilling out here. Mm-hmm. So, is it Michael Gilstrap? Tell me where I should go. Yes, you should. Uh, his name is Aldo Gonzalez. So go to give my regards to Broad Street. Okay. Uh, parentheses S U D and hit search. From that, you ought to be able to find Aldo Gonzalez. F U V, you said? No, S U V subtitle. Oh, I got you. Oh, thanks, Paul. Uh, give my regards to Broad Street. Uh, parentheses S U B. Okay. Sub, as in subtitles. It's. Some tulitos en español. Well, I, I, t- I typed they're... it in and it gave me shit for fuck. So hang on one sec. <laughs> this show is live, <laughs> and the reason why I talked really quickly is so we could get right to the movie today. So, uh, in parentheses, SUB, sub? Yeah. Anything else? But not closed parentheses. Okay, but not closed parentheses. Oh, no. Oh, no. The, the subtitles are in Spanish. Okay, that's all right. Uh, it isn't all right. Just you know, give my regards to Broad Street, and I'll show you the playlist. Okay, Sorry, all right. Why don't I do that? Well, that's perfect, and all of us can play along uh, at home. I'm sorry. Slowing if if you are home, maybe you're on a bus. Okay, so I typed it. I see the vinyl album from Vinyl Beats. Then I see Waligi. Yeah, that's it. Click on that one. It's full. All right, but it's in. It's a playlist. It is. Okay. That's not okay. That's fine. I'm going to go ahead and click it, and then I'm going to hit pause immediately so it can sync up and not play. And it is. It's uh, synced. Carl, no. I'm not going to play any audio because it's Paul McCartney. Okay. You think he'll sue us for sure? I think he's, you know, he's a big fan of the show ever since we played <laughs> Masters you know, of the Universe. Michael Jackson's family. That would. Uh, oh, save it for the movie because I want to talk about Michael Jackson the, during Paul McCartney's movie. <laughs> okay, there is some subject matter. They were friends, right? Back in '84. Uh, yeah, before he took the songs. Yeah, they were yeah. friends. They were like Ebony and Ivory. No, they were like. Uh, uh, well, gosh, what was that? The, that gosh darn dog is mine. They, they girl's, say? That dog on girl is mine. All right. Oh no, I don't think that was. Uh, it, yeah, that was was that their duet as well? They did say, say, say. That say, was say, say, yeah. right. All right, so 
And then Paul, then of course Michael Jackson bought the Beatles uh, catalog, and right. and he just finally settled it, Paul McCartney recently. I, was it recently settled? Okay. Discreetly so he doesn't settled. own his own songs, right? Did he buy them back or no? He's in, he's in the process of actually owning his songs. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll and save then this. He's die. If you enjoy this conversation and more, can wait till the movie starts. So let's go ahead and do it, Carl. Why don't you tell us when we should click the triangle button to play? Give my regards okay. to Broad Street Part One, Paul McCartney from your Twisted Able. As okay, part of, so yeah. I'll count down three, two, one, go. Okay. But before I do, I want to make sure that the audience is with us. You search for Give My Regards to Broad Street, hit enter, you'll find a playlist, which is W-A-L-U-I-G-I, Waluigi, he's a character. American sweetheart. Ask your son, he would know who Waluigi is. He's an evil Luigi. I'm more of a Mario guy, but okay. All right. Once you click on that, you will get a playlist that says give my regards to Broad Street parentheses part one part two part three etc and that one is by your twistable that's the guy's name your twistable which doesn't make sense to me alright hey you know Carl fuck it let's just play it this show's about chaos anyway we live in a chaos America so let's just go ahead and do it okay tres dos uno I'm going (laughs) is that your Waluigi impression I'm a Waluigi it was Italian now, Listen, you see already there's an error, because it is the 21st century, but, but there you go. Yeah. Well, this movie should be more like 19th century entertainment, because it's such a vanity <laughs> piece. There is piece. an 1800 scene, so you're right. Much like, a van- is this a vanity, literally a vanity piece? There'll be like a, a dresser. Give this my regards. Take your time, Paul. Do you think he's personally... Uh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. We're not listening to music. By the way, what's up with that font for Broad Street? What's up with it? I don't know, but you see the, the blue color to it, right? Yeah. Um, that is how the tapes will appear. Uh, I tell you, it really looks to me like the tapes are uh, radioactive. You'll see as we go through here, the, the, the tapes glow blue, and that's what he's doing here with the font. So right now he is in London in a, the best the best limousine. This limousine is the best limousine I've ever seen in a movie, and that includes the movie The Yellow Limousine. Uh, and he's <laughs> stuck in traffic. Yeah, he's stuck in traffic, but he'll soon get past that. Uh, Ringo Starr and Barbara Bach. How did they get both of them in the same uh, Paul McCartney Vanity movie? Well, Paul actually, it was very easy. They uh, share a phone number. <laughs> There's Linda and Tracy Ullman who recorded a single and that Paul McCartney showed up in the video around in 83. That's right. It's a good song. Now, they waste Tracy Ullman's talents in this film. They just don't use her. I mean, we all know her from like her HBO show. Shows. Her, her, um, her excellent appearance in that uh, Woody Allen movie where there were jewel thieves and uh, bank robbers. They oh yes, the delightful Woody Allen comedy of the year, I think it was called. <laughs> but aren't they all? Mm-hmm. Look, screenplay. Every He's literally year. writing the screenplay as the screenplay credit pops up. <laughs> Next, directed by. Is this directed by Paul? No, this is directed by a man named Peter Webb, and he never directed again. He he directed commercials. That was his thing. When they were pulling this all together, and Paul McCartney was like, I would like to do a film like that. He went to this <laughs> I would guy, like to uh, do a 95-minute commercial. Yeah. Um, David Putnam, have you heard of him? Uh, no, should I? 
Okay. Well, in the British film industry, he's like respected and prominent, and he went to him, and he suggested a producer and director. So Peter Webb is the guy he picked who did commercials, and that was it. Now, the Beatles' Hard Day's Night director and health director is named Richard Lester. They went to Richard Lester, and they're like, would you please direct this film? And he goes, oh, I ain't doing it. No, thanks. Nope. So they had to have this Peter Webb guy, I guess. Now, Rich, Richard Lester in 84, I guess he was um, he was still directing, I guess. He's he's an interesting cat. He probably didn't want to work with Paul McCartney. He had no problem working with the Beatles during the heyday. But, oh, he look, d- well, he did go on to do a Paul McCartney film, one of those live films, uh, uh, in 1991, Get Back, which what, was... Um, is this the one where he's in, like, Moscow? I know why you said that. There was uh, something about that. Like a Let's check his computer and see what his schedule's like. This was more like a, um, a kiss-butt film um, in which they would do interviews in which people would just say, oh, Paul's so great. It was a <laughs> terrible film. Uh, okay, by the way, do you see he's no longer in the traffic jam? No, and he's got a cool new car phone and a new right. limousine. Now, he is a very responsible guy. When the car phone rings, he pulls. What? What in a minute are you on? I'm at three fifty-two. Oh, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> oh. We're at the same thing. I'm at four oh nine. Four oh nine. Okay. Tell me when you're at four. Uh, tell me when you're at four seventeen, please. For what? What? Four one seven. Oh, uh, we did it. Oh, whatever, man. Let's follow. We're not even listening to the audio because I don't want any of uh, Paul McCartney on my podcast. Okay, so this is very important. Paul pulls over responsibly and takes the phone call. Then he irresponsibly speeds. He almost knocks these old ladies off the road. This is why I want to be synced with you, because... Yeah, and you know what? He he took another call from the other phone. (laughs) Yeah, he's real responsible. That car he drove is like uh, a year's uh, of my rent in San Francisco. (laughs) Um, oh. the the actor you saw there was um, was an Australian guy. His name is uh, Brian Brown. I know him from Cocktail, the the movie with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, sure. Is he the other? Is he rival bartender? Right. He I is. Know. Yeah, it's that guy. Um, he was also in Along Came Polly. He was the guy that he was trying to get insured. I think I broke me coccyx. Okay, is Paul McCartney's speech? What, what, what number are you on? I'm at five. Oh, I, I don't even know, Carl. But uh, so he was in the movie FX, right? Which was about is Brian Dennehy forming a network of uh, a cable network? Oh, is that a film? FX. And then FX2 is about him forming FXX. I like, uh, you know, you know, FX has the movies. Um, you are. I've been personally. I'm in the Carl's house, and his TV sets are on FX and FSX all day long. It is. It I is. mean, Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, You're the reason that show's still on the air. You've actually seen all 26 ep- uh, seasons. That's why the show's on the air because I'm their fan. Yeah, they're I like we, we can't let Carl down. <laughs> I I wish they would uh, call me up though for some script advice, but other than that, yes. Oh, the show's great. Um, he was also in Gods of Egypt. Uh, he kind of had a minor part. So I don't know. This guy's been in and out of films, but when he is in, it's often a good film. So. And this one. 
Yeah. Now, Paul is now sitting down at a conference table. Is that what you're seeing? I've seen some guy with sunglasses walking into the room. Yeah, that's Rathbone of Rathbone Industries, you see. And if the tapes are not found, they, they, they've now been informed that the tapes are missing, you see. Uh-oh. If the tapes are not found by midnight, Rathbone will get the company. Oh, that's no. That's the peril. All right, so that's the plot, so I don't have to pay attention anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what is it in uh, Willy Wonka, Mr. Oh, the original Black? Willy Wonka? Yeah, well, remember his name, uh, Mr. That Wertha Meyer or something? That's what this guy is. He's oh, all right. evil. I wouldn't mind okay, seeing so like, some of those. There is the guy. What's that? Like the kids from the original Willy Wonka, they show up as adults in movies. That'd be pretty rad. You'd be like, hey, you were that kid who drowned in the chocolate. And be like, no, I'm an adult I actor. Want it? Yeah, I could. Uh, it turned out I could breathe chocolate with my gills, with my chocolate gills. Uh, <laughs> Veronica Salt, I had. She made a band. Veruca Salt. Hang on a sec. There. I'm. So, for the audience, I want you to know that now they're discussing the guy who had the tapes last because he has a criminal record. But when he signed up. Uh, with Paul, he swore he was straight, and Paul believed him because he's a great guy, Paul McCartney. So but who would, else doubts them. So who said he was straight? Okay, the guy who was last seen with the tape. Yeah. He he has a criminal record, um, and but Paul knew he was a good guy and employed him anyway. Now everyone's frowning at Paul's poor choice of tapes that are worth five million pounds. You so know. he's he's doodling during this this dire board meeting, and his illustrations mm-hmm. are not as whimsical as the late uh, John Lennon. Just you know, just oh. throwing. <laughs> Sorry. Well, how, how come John Lennon is really, not in this movie? Oh, um, actually, they did phone John Lennon to be in this film, but it just kept ringing and ringing. <laughs> Typical ringing. John, right? And yeah, then Paul get... Paul wrote a song about it. <laughs> Fucking won't answer my phone. <laughs> La, 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 la. Go to hell. What? Oh, my uh, my condolences. My, give my condolences. To Broadway. Uh, the worst, un, most unimportant trivia of this whole movie is Give My Regards to Broadway was a film in 1948 and uh-huh. Give My Regards to Broad Street is a film in 1984. So, so they I saw that trivia in IMDb and you know what I thought yeah. just today? The George Orwell wrote 1984. He's another creative person, and he wrote 80, 1984 in 1948 because he figured he would switch the dates around because it was it was the present. Yeah, so th- I think that's a little more important. Yeah, yeah, that is a better trivia than reversing the dates. Yeah, I had to make a point. note of it when I saw that. All right, so they are in a lift, Carl, not an elevator. Right, not an elevator. A lift. This is a lift. They're and taking a lift, lift to their loft. Right. Not an and apartment. They're Paul flat. Here in the, let's see here. Brian Brown, right? He feels upside down. It's just not his natural environment. He feels like he's hanging like a bat. Oh. Now, we won't get to hear any, because he's from down under, right? So oh. Okay, here's Ringo. Yes, I got Ringo. He's He's got himself a nice drum kit, and he's yeah. happy. He's happy. I love his hair. Holy shit, 80s Ringo hair is the best. Yeah, 80s Ringo hair. He's got sunglasses on because it's so bright inside. 
I got me sunglasses on. Oh. <laughs> now, he was just fresh off of 1981's Caveman. Oh, with also um, Barbara Bach. And I recently saw that at the library. I, t- I took it out from the library recently and, and saw that mm-hmm. movie. Oh, by the way, we can't hear the audio because of Mike Spiegelman's strict rules, but there's a funny joke here. Oh, well. The guy leaning on the wall. Uh, all right. Goes, the guy what? leaning on the wall goes, there's implications to these tapes missing that we just haven't even thought of yet. And then Brian, uh, our hero Brian Brown goes, oh, yeah, like what? And then the guy leaning goes, uh, well, uh, I, I haven't thought of them yet. <laughs> Yeah, right. Paul hasn't finished the script yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right about that, by the way. Paul wrote this horrible script. Yeah. Now, when he approached Ringo to be in this film, Ringo was like, can I be the villain? I want to be the villain. I I want to be the bad guy. He's telling him right now that the tapes are missing and such and such has them. You don't think he'd steal them, do you? And he goes, yeah. It hurts me seeing this. It reminds me of watching Cannibal Run 2 and uh, (laughs) Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and uh, Dean Martin show up and it's the last Mm -hmm. time they appear in a film. And, you know, you think of like Robin and the Seven Hoods and and, uh, Ocean's Eleven and all their films they did and you go, those were great. And I love Beatle films. Don't get me wrong. They're all great. Right. Right. So this is like I would rather be watching Magical Mystery Tour right now than watching these two. Oh, they're in the... Now, yeah. I have to interrupt you. I'm sorry. You see, he's about to play with his drumstick. Yeah. And then Paul says, brushes, you're supposed to play with your brushes. Okay, so this is what happened behind the scenes. Paul was like, we're re-recording uh, some of the old Beatles songs. We're re-recording um, Here, There, and Everywhere, Eleanor Rigby, Yesterday, For No One, Good Day, Sunshine, all these songs. And Ringo is like... I'm not going to be part of that silliness. He's, you know, like Ringo was opposed. It was confusing. Like, why would we do that? He's playing yesterday right now. That's really, so Ringo yeah. re- refused to be on, playing drums on these songs. So Paul was like, well, what are we going to do? Are you not doing the film? And so they made up this vehicle. He goes, no, 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 not your sticks, your brushes. Oh, so he so leaves the room. Up. Carl, I just got messaged that um, the guy from Willy Wonka, Slugworth. Oh, right, right, Slugworth. Slugworth. And he's in. This is his second film appearance. That's from my uh, uh, my crack team of researchers here at Let's Watch a Full Length Movie at YouTube. Uh, we're, we're always cracked, prepared. All right. Yeah, because we're live, and you know, you never know what is a reference. Thanks, Paul Brumba. Edge of Insanity. You can find that on Mutiny Radio or on iTunes as well. Uh, all right, they got the band, so there now, must be... Now, this is the, the famous Beatles um, uh, mixer at Abbey, who was at Abbey Road. What's his name? Uh, oh, look, you see Ringo's looking for his brushes. Oh, that's, but I think Paul does that. I think the Beatles did that all the time. They're like, no, Paul, play your brushes. I got to get me brushes. And they walk out and they play like, you know, <laughs> let it be. And then he goes back, he's like, oh, yeah, we got it down. <laughs> we got a drum machine on loan from Echo and the Bunny Men. We're going to use that. Did you ever hear the story? Do you like the Cars? Remember the Cars? I do remember the Cars. Second concert I ever went to. Oh, was it good? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, like 17 or something. Yeah, was, 16. What was your first concert? Uh, Frank Zappa at Rutgers University. Oh, wow. That must have been crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll get back good. to the Cars. I went with my mom. <laughs> oh well, that then it must have been crazy and awkward. <laughs> well, she you know she had the best drink, man. 
<laughs> she was hooking you up. Um, yeah, so we were the, necking. I just want to mention when the Cars uh, hit peak popularity in the '80s, there was an interview in the Rolling Stone, and the drummer said that they didn't use him for the album; they used the drum machine. You gotta be kidding! Is that crazy? That's lame. That's lame. Yeah. So I think that's what uh, Paul's doing to Ringo right now. So we, we we talked about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney recorded songs in the early 80s, and then when he hit Thriller Money... Oh, I got pause. All right, I'm going to hit pause. I'm going into the second one. Okay. Uh, it's still buffering. Why doesn't it just automatically go? All right, I got... Uh, all right, ready? The one, running. two... No, no, the ad's running. Hold on, hold on. Okay. I'm hitting skip ad... I'm hitting pause. I'm ready when you are. Three, two, one, go. All right, so he's singing the song. Michael Jackson, using Thriller Money, bought the Beatles catalog, and it's just yeah. been a bone of contention. And in, in a really exceptionally good Michael Jackson biography that came out recently, Paul McCartney was just saying like how like horrified he was that his friend would do that to him. And you know, as well, much as I think the Beatles are all individually assholes, I, I really do feel bad for them on that <laughs> remark. Yeah. But it, it's a, I'm afraid it's a little more embarrassing for Sir Paul McCartney. See, Michael said um, he needs a way to secure money in the, to the future because he knows he's had a career as a little kid and all the way to today, but it's not going to be forever. He just knows that. And so it was Paul McCartney who suggested to him that he get into music publishing. Oh, man, that must have stung. Yeah. Buying catalogs and such. Yeah, by the oh, Beatles catalog. Business. Yeah. Now, the first time he said, Michael Jackson said, I bought your song. Paul was like, oh, 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 you, oh, oh, you kidder. <coughs> it's very painful. And, you know, I, I want to okay, mention here's the Paul- a joke. Ringo's like ready to play and it's over. And now he's doing what? Eleanor Rigby? No. Um, hold on. Or maybe I'll play a little bit second of it. Okay, sounds like Hey Jude. <laughs> this is Wonderlust, uh, which was a wing song or a Paul McCartney song, and it's a very good song. It's um, it's not exactly rock and roll, you know, but I mean, yeah. as a songwriter, it's a good song. Now you see Ringo's playing. Oh, right, because it's not a no Beatles song. no playing a Paul McCartney song, but he was not going to redo a Beatles song because that was fucking... That's that's strange too. It's not really if they redo it, it's more honest because it acknowledges the studio musicians in the mo- in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they if, don't uh, really redo it. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same version, right? Well, okay. So here I've got something from George Harrison. Now George Harrison was not part of this interview. I mean, um, movie, but he was on an interview. It was called Much Music, and I saw the clip. It's hilarious. Just YouTube, Much Music, George Harrison. They go, the guy goes, how do you feel when you heard McCartney's versions of the old songs on Broad Street? And Harrison said, oh, I think they were okay. And he goes, I didn't notice they were new versions. And then everybody laughed. That's a burn. Then, <laughs> then the interviewer goes, Paul said that he wanted to tackle some of the older songs other older songs, including possibly some of John Lennon's songs, like Beautiful Boy and Imagine. Does that surprise you that he'd do that? And Harrison goes, 
Uh, maybe because he ran out of good ones on his own. <laughs> and the interviewer is shocked, and he goes, well, now we've got that on record. And Harrison goes, well, it's true. Oh, my God, George Harrison. Who? So yeah. who, can we rate the Beatles uh, dick-wise? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I think... Okay, John Lennon was the biggest dick. Okay, sure. I agree. Done. Next. Okay. The next, I, I think that George Harrison... He's a mean drunk. I think. I think he's. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like I'm interrupting you. He. It just seems to me like George Harrison really thought he was worth so much more than he was. He really never. Now he made two of the best Beatles songs ever, but it happened to be on their very last album ever. You know, the Abbey Road recorded. Like it took him a long time to catch up. You know, Carl, I was interrupting because I was so excited that you did say George Harrison. I think he's, he has a really cruel sense of humor. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we, we all know that John Lennon uh, abused women, but uh, hit women. But I, I feel like there's something weird about George Harrison. And God bless him. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong and, and maybe I'm an asshole for, for saying that. The next is, uh, I think the coolest is Stu Sutcliffe, right? And then well, uh, oh. Marie the K is my second favorite Beatle, followed by <laughs> Billy Preston. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He bored us and let it be. No, I think that Paul McCartney comes in third as a dick, and it's just because he's egotistical. And I think Ringo, too, is a dick, uh, but he's the least dicky. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's our... There yeah, we go. Let's, 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 disagree, let's agree. destroy <laughs> and character assassinate a full-length movie. Now let's uh, let's make another list. Biggest dicks in video games. One Donkey Kong for taking uh, Mario's girlfriend. <laughs> oh wait, that was a I dick move. You just asshole. don't do that. That's a dick move. Uh, two, I would have to say Mega Man, just because the guy's a fucking dick. <laughs> Look at me, I oh. wear blue. Listen, I should bring it up because you just mentioned it. There was a video game released in '85 of this movie. I played it. It's for Commodore 64. Give my regards right. to Broad Street. Yeah, I had it in my house, dude, in Montclair, New Jersey. It cool. was. It was so Commodore 64 had some really strange games. They had a Ghostbusters game. Frankie Goes to Hollywood had an exceptionally weird game, and then there was Give My Regards to Broad Street. And the object was you had to get the master tapes. In your limousine to the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. rap phone. Let's uh, let's watch some of that at the end of the movie and see if there's any footage on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Now, right now, we're seeing a flashback of when he hired the ex-con. Oh, this and right is... now he's complaining. I got sent to the world All right, I got the volume on. Smoking. I wasn't the only one. So you like this guy? And I was a bad influence on the others. Do I like him? Yeah. No, not necessarily. But I'm saying everyone blames him for like stealing the takes and trying to sell them to this guy named Big John for big money uh, to make a bootleg record or something. And Paul trusted him, you know. And Paul's borne out to be correct at the end of this film when this guy isn't the bad guy. So there's their story. And I like this flashback. You could tell it's several years ago, even though his hair is exactly the same. <laughs> his eyebrows you can tell his eyebrows look younger his arch eyebrows yeah his lazy eye is less lazy <laughs> does Paul McCartney have a lazy eye oh, well not his eyeball just everything wrapped around it oh 
<laughs> you think I when I first met when I first saw Paul McCartney, I thought he was Asian. Okay, so this is funny. This guy is like, "Hello, can Stick I get your autograph?" Oh, well, you? she loves My wife you. likes your music. I don't. I get lynched <laughs> if I go and tell about it? it. That mightn't be such a bad idea. <laughs> You're right. That's the spirit. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah. Let's it's see if he funny. says. Like a... Did they give the old man the last word? Nope. Yeah, because it's a film, and so Paul McCartney's such a great guy. Uh, one time I, I was, I saw Paul McCartney. Uh, he was at a Madrid concert in the late '80s, and he was on TV, uh-huh. local TV in, in Madrid. And he shows up to the to announce the press, and uh, he's chewing gum. And he goes, first of all, hola," <laughs> and I was like, "That's the funny beetle." <laughs> But, you know, honestly, I, those guys have gone through so much shit. And I think part of the reason why they're assholes is they had to be that resilient or that focused to, to get achieve a lot of this stuff and put up with a lot of this shit, right? I mean, there's... Well, fame. the thing is, their rise to fame itself wasn't because they were tough, stick to kids. I mean, they had... They had um, Brian Epstein... Brian Epstein was like, I am going to make money off of these boys. You know, I really think that Brian Epstein was the one who is responsible for them being famous. But once they had Beatlemania, they had to have tough skin because people are trying to climb over the wall and, you know, stare at that. I mean, they had to deal with everyone was a dick to them. So they got picky. What could they do? And also... Imagine every time you step outside your house, everyone goes, oh, you're great, I love you, you're uh-huh. terrific. Nothing you do is bad. I mean, of course you're going to get an ego. Right. You know? But also those guys, like after the, the their solo work afterwards, and like John Lennon, and I guess Ringo was part of the Hollywood Vampires. Did you ever hear about that? No. So in not that. In the late 70s, uh, there were a bunch of drinkers in Los Angeles. It was like Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees. And I think John Lennon and some other people, uh, there were some other singers, and they kind of, they went out and drank every night, and they kind of called themselves jokingly the Hollywood vampires, and they even made jerseys. Oh, and, there's, um, there's and an, Keith Moon was in it. Okay, um, there you go. Yeah, John Lennon was not a part of that. He had his lost weekend, in which he spent like six months in Los Angeles being a drinker, but that was uh, a different a different time. Okay, fair enough. I, I, there you go. So he he kind of bounced with them. Maybe Ringo was part of it. Ringo, yeah. Ringo, of course. I, I a lot of people respect him because you know he publicly. All all these guys have their causes. You know, Paul's a vegetarian, mm-hmm. but like Ringo, he's been sober for for decades, and I think he's been like a very positive face and of mm-hmm. sobriety. You know, this kind of idea that just he's been touring with Joe Walsh of all people for for you know on his All Star band. Paul, Joe Walsh yeah, is involved yeah. in it, and it just kind of shows that these guys, you know, it, it, I think it's very positive that they they, they show that they're cleaning up and they're performing and stuff like that, and you know, so. Huh. Not that they didn't, you know, or they could be fucked up. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Monaco, so they can't touch his money. Um, right now, he we just missed it. <clears throat> he was uh, flirting with a reporter who's Bar- Barbara Rockman. Oh, um, oh, that's so weird. So right now, I'm watching uh, a kids in a school play. This is ballroom dancing. It's a video. Oh, is this and the actual video? 
No, no. This is. I think ballroom dancing was made for this movie. Come but this whole thing is kind of like videos. He's singing ballroom dancing well. Oh, they're shooting a video. So this is this movie is not the video. This movie is us watching them shoot the video, which happens to be the video. Yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, but you will see him playing with the band. Now, interesting people are in the band that you're going to see. Um, John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin, you will see playing. Uh, David Edmonds, do you know him? Uh, yeah, Edmonds? sure. He he wrote uh, <coughs> Dave Eggers. No, Edmonds. Oh no, he was. He was semi-famous in the 80s. He did Elvis Costello covers. He did um, I Hear You Knocking, <laughs> But You Can't Come In. Not the old Beatles uh, oh, yeah, standard. Yeah. But. Well, anyway, I guess only John Paul Jones will be interesting to you. Ringo's playing the drums. There's a guy named Chris Here comes Fetting. the band. I see the band right now. Yeah. God, this is a pretty clever video. I mean, I like the idea of him uh, sitting next to the camera while singing. Mm-hmm. While the camera moves around. Okay, so he's going up. Is now, Brian you Seltzer will there? see the bass player is John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Why Ooh. is he doing this? I don't know. There he is by the bass drum. Wow. You see Ringo manning the drums. And a very famous guy named Chris... No, no, he's not famous to you and me. But on the British session scene, you know... You're going to do a record, you need a person. He was the guy you'd hire. He was a mainstay. His name was Chris Spedding. And uh, I guess you don't know Dave Edmonds. Oh, I know Dave Edmonds. He did a couple songs, right? In the early <laughs> yeah. 80s. I don't was know. he in Rockpile? I liked him. I don't know. Almost you know, nobody had his record. I just realized I one of the things I really like about Ringo Starr is that he would answer fan mail. And that was actually a joke in The Simpsons from the early uh, 90s. And then <laughs> a couple years ago, he posted on YouTube yep. that he is no longer, uh, will be answering yeah. email, uh, fan mail anymore. Don't do it. Don't send it to him. He put yeah. his middle finger up. He said, I'm going to do it until this month, and then that's it, folks. And I'm giving you fair warning. And he was like, I'm giving you three months warning. Isn't that great? Yeah. I think that's really <laughs> sweet. I mean, he's he must have been answering fan mail. He, he does answer fan mail. Yes, yes, and he is one of the few. I mean, I do not see Paul McCartney sitting there going. <laughs> I don't uh, see anybody. I mean, first off, fan mail now consists of, you know, direct, uh, just social media stuff. But even if someone wrote a letter, I don't know, if someone wrote a letter. No, but Beatles fans are, are not younger right. social media people necessarily, right? It might be, oh, there's Linda. Did you see oh, her Linda, with her oh, she's playing hair? piano. Let's isolate the track. Did you ever hear that? Oh, she's terrible. I, I, you know, Linda has no charisma, period. She might be a great wife and hey, terrific you know, private. She's a like, musician. She doesn't need charisma. She just needs that. Uh, she didn't have any talent. Oh. She didn't do anything except she, sectionally well. She was not. She wasn't quick or witty. It's just, she wasn't pretty. There's like nothing to her. She's oh, like, Carl. Jeez, man. I mean, they were a celebrity couple. They were like the Bird and Lonnie of their day. I mean, they, they lasted a long time. No, but she, Bird and Lonnie were individually celebrities. And when they came together, boom, the right. world exploded. And they were talented. All right. They're Bill and Melissa Gates, okay? I have no, I have no <laughs> idea who Melissa Gates is. I know that she does a lot of great charity work, okay? Okay. 
<laughs> All right, so we're getting uh, this music video is going to be interrupted because we're going to go to part three. So when you get to part oh, three, just okay. hit pause. And if there's any ads you got to ride through, let them ride. Uh, and when we're all ready, I'm buffering right now. Okay, so I'm pausing and buffering. I didn't have a commercial. Have right. you? I I am ready to go. So go ahead and give me the single. Okay. Me? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. All right, so we're in the middle of a ballroom dancing music video, and I'm sure the music is modern. And uh, they're all British I don't know. I always think of the Kinks when it comes, or Blur when it comes to like dance hall music, old, old British dance hall stuff. All right. And there's Ringo on the drums. Ringo was in a lot of good movies. You ever see the Magic Christian? Carl Halpis. Uh oh. Oh, I'm I lo- sorry. I was speaking into mute. Yes, I saw The Magic Christian, and I wanted to bring that up to you even as a movie to do, but with it on mute, I don't know if it would be well served. It's oh, we could, so we, we could play, you know, that. I don't know if there is a clean copy on YouTube of that movie. I'm sure I found it. I got the URL, yeah. And it, Peter Sellers is stellar in that film. <laughs> That's a great. That's a just. It's not that it's a great movie. It's just a. It's a great that this movie got made. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's as a movie. And, it's, and the thing is, it starts from point A uh-huh. and just zooms non sequiturs its way. Yeah. Through ninety minutes of film, non sequiturs. Basically, the magic Christian is that like, I don't know. Ringo can inherit money if he does all these stunts for a rich guy. Or whatever. Well, I just Peter I just, Sellers is like, I need a son. I don't have an heir. And Ringo was a bum in the park. <laughs> Tell me more. This sounds good. So far, so good, right? Well, uh, well, for some reason, he just he picked him, and Ringo immediately was like, "Okay, Dad," <laughs> you know, and everyone around him is is uh, shocked at his choice. But uh, but that's it. That's it. There's nothing. There isn't much plot to the film. Hey, it's so, just a really interesting. It's funny. It just it's it, a it's a weird a, it's a weird satire. Yeah, he goes through the like. What, what does an eccentric rich person do? He does that to its extreme. Okay, now we're having lunch yeah. in a fake cafeteria, <laughs> and there will be a green apple. Oh, see the apple on. I see a red, red apple, apple or a tomato. It's. A, there's supposed to be a green apple that represents the Beatles oh. on the table. Right now, I see a guy in a blob outfit uh, referring to <laughs> yeah. uh, the solo work. So, what's your what? You know, my favorite Beatles album is Anthology One. What's yours? Uh, my favorite Beatles album, I guess, would be Best probably of- Revolver. I'm not sure. They're all so good. No, I was trying to make no. a joke. I was saying that I thought uh, that was an album. Anthology. Yeah, mine is greatest hit. Yeah, the um, best of the Beatles. <laughs> Tracy Ullman will show up now and proceed to do her most acting in this whole film, which is Cry. And, oh, we're seeing the flirting, just like Ringo pours it on thick with Barbara Bachman. Why don't you come to my house? Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, look, at the laser beam. Oh, got a laser beam. Uh, a lightsaber, I mean. Did you, by the way, in that yeah. uh, music video, I just got to bring up that Linda punched this guy, like gave a, like a good good hook. It was pretty cool. <laughs> All right, so here we Don't go. Don't defend Linda. Linda stinks. Here's Tracy. But it's not true. I know it. 
She's crying. He was around the other evening, feeling great. Going the guy accused the of stealing the tape. Oh no, nothing like uh, that. Tracy Ullman has great style. He's too up on it all. Oh, you I can disagree. I would have been able to tell you if he was thinking anything like that. On his shoulder to cry on, you see. <sighs> all right, I think I get the idea. They, they waste her talent. She doesn't do anything funny. She it doesn't do... Okay, here uh, comes Rathbone to put on the pressure. It's Anchorman. The tapes. What's that? It's, Anch- it's the Anchorman news team rival coming in there. <laughs> Someone's so Paul backing goes up off outside. to console, and Linda understands. Those are cops, by the way. They're investigating the tapes being missing. Oh, all right. They really need like three people. Four cops. Oh, no, these are not the cops. These are Rathbone's cronies. Oh, boo, they, Rathbone! Have you got the tapes yet? Because the consequences will be quite dire. There's George Washington. Those are the cops. They're reporting into Scotland Yard. Barbara Bach really doesn't do anything in this film either. Here comes the funny. So they're in London. This is like a a vanity project about uh, Paul and his love of the city of London. So the city of London is unwillingly part of this project. Well, the broad... It's named after Broad Street Station in London, which got abandoned and closed down and by 1986 uh, it was uh, absolutely closed and they diverted all the train station to uh, the Liverpool station Um, can can I ruin the movie for you? yeah go ahead okay so this guy who like they accuse of stealing the tapes really what happened is he was at Broad Street Station waiting for a train he had to pee he went inside the abandoned building thinking it was a bathroom and he got locked inside so that's where Paul finds him at the Broad Street Station. So that's how the title got its name. And Paul thinks it's really great. I saw many interviews about uh, really? this uh, film preparing for today, and he thinks it's so great. When they were shooting at Broad Street Station, that's what he said. That's me title. You know what, Carl? Let me uh, while this uh, rock fantasy uh, this is, starts um, playing. Philly loves them. Hey, does the tubes show up in this movie? I thought they did. The tubes? Yeah, like, isn't there like a punk rock no. band, uh, like a new wave band that Paul sits through? Okay, no, there's... Okay, right now we're seeing silly love songs and we're going to see members of Toto, you know, Toto the band? Africa, right? Yes. At this point, in 84, their only hit was that, like, On the Line, da 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 Love isn't always on time. Do you know it? Yeah, whoa, sure. Whoa, whoa, that was that was their claim to fame, and they got on this. The guitar people will be also the bass player is a member of Toto and really rocks out, and usually Paul is on the bass. Give us a second of audio, would you? <laughs> Come on, mate. What says you there, Mike? I mean, we've all been saying, you know, even Mick Jagger all been saying, well, 50, you can't, he can't leap around like that at 50. I mean, we just, come You're on, not... Mick, you know, own up. You know, we just can't love. This is Paul McCartney, anyway, his, so, his, his own channel. You're looking at something that's a little bit quieter, and you've got to be looking, in my case, 
I've always had this thing of composer as well as sort of singer and bass player. Okay, I heard this interview and um, I've always really liked it. It's only 42 seconds. It's only little dreams, you know. In a corny way, I've always liked that role of composer. So to see myself actually sitting down at the piano, I was really just checking for boredom and just checking, do I hate this, you know, or am I actually enjoying this? And I found no, I hated it. When I got it right, to my satisfaction, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's really nothing... That was nothing exciting. What he was saying there is there's a, there's eight minutes of film in this in which he actually does classical music. He composed, based on the theme of Eleanor Rigby, he composed a, like a mood. It, it's classical music, and he was saying, maybe there's a future for me in that. Um, you know, you can't do rock and roll in your 50s. Look, Mick Jagger says the same thing. Oh, I see. Okay. There's the Michael Jackson pretender. Oh yeah, look at him. He's moonwalking and dancing. I'm playing the uh, music to the video game. Give my regards to Roger. 64. That sounds like a song we know. Were there many Michael Jackson impersonators back then? I'm kidding. So yeah, I'm watching a car drive around London, I guess. Let me know when you want me to play that music again. Oh, feel free. Uh, it's uh, Commodore 64. Now, he well knew Michael Jackson at this time and right. was a friend. So I don't know why he's playing well, at Michael Jackson. This is 1984, so it must be like, yes. you know, Michael Mania at this point. A different kind of mania. Why not get Michael? Yeah, get Michael to join. Because Michael's like fucking white hot at this moment. Like He's like the burning through everything. Now you can see Toto up, Toto up there rocking out, the bass player and the guitarist. So I always thought that was the Tubes performing. Well, this is the era of the Tubes, that's for sure, but yeah. no, they weren't... Uh, oh my God. Michael Jackson impersonator is doing like every mime trick in the book. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's dancing like Michael Jackson. He's being blown against the wind. So you won't play the audio, will you? No. Oh, oh, I'll play the audio. No, no, of course I'll play the audio. No, I'll play the audio. I hear you. All right, let's hear this song. Commodore! (laughs) You can't fool me. Here's Paul McCartney. He's (laughs) playing. He's on guitar. So there's a uh, overhead map, and they have like a little map, and it says hit fire, but there's nothing to shoot at. It's just roads. Uh, Oh, something happened. There was a bang. Now you have to start from the beginning. Jesus Christ! They really have to start from the beginning. It's going way up to the beginning of the map. That's ridiculous. Okay, start again. Same time. It's rated one of the worst video film, uh, video games, but I don't think that's fair. I mean, no, there's plenty of bad video games. Video games, games were there. They were in their infancy. We're talking about Commodore 64 here, you know. Well, it was like it was more of a think about licensing. Like if I'm a, mm-hmm. a Commodore 64 game developer and I say, hey, let's talk to. Ghostbusters is coming out. Maybe we can make a game. And they'll be like, yeah, sure, right. whatever. Here's the rights. You know, I mean... Right. And then they create this really shitty game or weird game and that it would never happen now. Paul McCartney would never put his name on this. Or maybe he would. Well, I but. mean, at least that game hugs the script. I mean, it, you know, the tapes are missing and you have to go around and find each band member. Uh, I'm watching like a Spy it. Hunter car. It's white instead of black. Driving on a mm-hmm. top-down road that looks like... Uh, Rally X and it says hit fire and there's nothing to shoot at 
you know, I think it's like if you hit the sidewalk, you die. So this guy's turning around. So that's probably the challenge of this. It's to meticulously go through this maze of roads. I should be watching the full-length movie with you, Carl, but I'm kind of transfixed. <laughs> oh, they're still dancing. Okay. Oh, they're done. All right, they're done. They're done. He's going to clean up now. Okay, so it says, for Commodore 64, right? It says, you must. You play music star Paul McCartney, whose master tape for the new album has been accidentally erased. The engineers have managed to recover all tracks except the single No More Lonely Nights. The group stacker, Raff, has given you until midnight Saturday to remix the track, and McCartney must drive around London searching out seven band members who each have part of the tune, then return to Abbey Road Studios in order to complete the track. You must read each person's profile, anticipate their movement, and go to major London locations or subway tube stations where they might appear. So tubes were in this. Oh, God. Again, poor London gets dragged through the mud. It's like, well, I have nothing, the city has nothing to do with this movie. You know what I mean? Like, we, they just shot it here. <laughs> Fucking someone associated us with it. Yeah, it's a beeping festival outside the studio door. You know how they, um, you always make the roads wet so that it looks slick in movies? Yeah. And, and reflects, yeah, they don't have to, they didn't have to do that in London. Oh, London, yeah, they were, they had the advantage. This is an easy place to shoot uh, scenes, street scenes, because you, you can save money on the. Speaking of save money, wasn't the whole Tracy Ullman video? We're watching Tracy in a car, her in a car. Wearing, no, well, like, the part in which Paul McCartney was in was in the car. Right, and the scene and they're in is during the same time as in the car. So did they just shoot this the same day? No, it. I watched the I watched Tracy Ullman's video in preparation for today, and it is a different car. Okay, so now Paul's having a fantasy about the bad guy with the tape running, through, you know, being pursued by Scotland Yard. Now the tapes are supposed to be glowing; they're radioactive. Look how they're not. Wait a they're minute, just regular it's, blue. He's had, this is like Hamburger Helper of movies, right? Is your idea only thirty-five minutes? Well, thanks to flashback fantasy sequences, you can <laughs> turn it into a meal. <laughs> All right, run. And that's the uh, no-good Australian, right? No, this is uh, the no-good Englishman who was who Paul hired. Gotcha. And he just fantasized it away. Now they're showing up to one of the most beautiful places in England, Liverpool. Blech. Did you know, so, uh, by the way, in the video game, he got out of the car. Yeah. Now he gets the profile. He finds the profile of... Okay, never mind. It's come. All right. They don't use seatbelts okay. in this movie. <laughs> That's the cops. Now, they showed up now to another place where they'll do a rehearsal. And you see this great pickup here. You see how he just screwed it up? And yeah. crashed into it. That's going to be Big John's pickup, and that's going to be a problem. All right. Well, speaking of problem, oh. speaking I got of problems, a pause, and I got a commercial. Okay, you can skip this video in three seconds, two seconds. It's so weird. Skipping buffering. Skipping buffering. I'm back to zero, zero. Yeah, I'm moving it back to zero, zero myself. All right, anytime, Carl. It's your turn. All right, three, two, one, go. 
we are still listening to the playthrough of the, uh, and the gameplay is that you have to, it's musical notes or something. I don't know why. You have to reassemble the erased, each one of the seven band members has part of the song. So you got to uh, go find them and put it all together. Each seven saying, why don't you take this Tracy Ullman home? And that's it. She's done with the movie. See you, Tracy Ullman. You think that's bad? In the video game, you have to go talk to seven of the most dull people you don't give a shit about because they just so happen <laughs> to be in the band. You got to go to Kenny. That's a little weird to me. Uh, they, it's like it's an old abandoned factory, and they do music here. And see how there's an office, right? And it all revolves around the Paul McCartney money. I don't understand. And here comes Paul McCartney, the the, the crux of the business, in a fucking limousine. <laughs> yeah, I own you. Like, why do it here? Because it was so cheap in an abandoned factory. It looks good. It. it looks good. It looks very eighties. He could break now, out his song. Again, sorry to interrupt you. We're gonna once again see um, uh, Dave Edmonds, and we'll see this guy named Eric Stewart. He was from Ten Oh, we're gonna get more Barbara Bachman flirting. <laughs> hey, maybe um, I'm making a movie called Caveman. This is after <laughs> Caveman, right? This is AC. Yeah, Caveman was '81. Yeah, Caveman was BC, and uh, give my regards to Rusty. Was after Christ. Uh, so, um, Paul, uh, it's funny we're missing it because of the audio. Oh, Ringo goes, "Can hey. we turn up the heat in here? Or are we practicing to be Canadians?" Oh, what a terrible... Why do rock stars think they're funny? Oh, that was funny. <laughs> and then Paul goes, can we do bad boy, please? And Ringo goes, do we have to? So, here, here, let me play more self-effacing humor. I'll put up the music for you. <laughs> Mike Glenn's on good. the run. I gotta use the bathroom because... Oh, wow, they're speeding up now. He's driving in a continuous horizontal line. <laughs> the road is completely horizontal, and he's just driving along. Oh, no, wait, he's turning around. There's an intersection. One of the greatest technical advances of Commodore 64 as a user was uh, the invention of the mute button. The what button? The boss button? Mute, mute. Oh, yeah. Um, so Barbara Bachman, she was a Bond girl in The Spy Who Loves Me. Uh, and that's why she became prominent and famous. And then she was in Force 10 from Navarone in 78. Wow. And then she married Ringo Starr in 1981. Now, that's the same year as Caveman. So right. I guess that's how they met or something. But after she married Ringo, she was like, screw movies. I'm retired. <laughs> Were they together forever? Yes, they're together to this day, which is good for good thing about Ringo. Now, Barbara Bachman in this film, it's her final feature performance film, and it's it's also the the one in which she had the most lines, she did the most things. Look <laughs> at her now. A, See, she's pretending she likes but it. But it's so funny because this movie is based on the celebrity of these two, of Ringo and Paul. And that we mm -hmm. know Ringo and Paul's world. That's why we accept Linda into the fold. But to have like Barbara like yeah. back up and say, "No, I'm going to be like Whoopi Goldberg in the player. I'm not going to be playing myself. I'm a character. I'm a, um, mm -hmm. a reporter. I'm investigating." 
it's a uh, it's, it's a tricky thing to do because I, I like it when everyone cameos as themselves basically and then one has to play in that, you know, a role and you still know mm-hmm. it's, it's still Barbara. But kind of In this it. whole scene, she will sit behind Ringo and pretend that she's enjoying, you know, but it's like, you could, it's awkward, you know, she's like, okay, the camera's on me so I'm pretending that I'm liking it. Not that I'm really liking it, you know? I can think of another example. Okay. Um, Kevin Smith, he he met his wife. Uh, she was mm-hmm. a, uh, a journalist, and she interviewed him, and that's kind of how they met. And then she started to appear in his movies, and she's appeared in every one of his movies, kind of since then, and as well as her child. So, but I guess they play so you, characters. You don't recognize Dave Edmonds. I'm looking at Paul right now. And then I see a young lady there with his hat. On the left. Oh, on the left. He's not the one who looks like uh, fucking Sopranos <laughs> pulling walnuts, but. Right, right. No, the Sopranos guy is that session guitarist that I told you about. Yes. Um, uh, Chris Spedding, who's like, oh, do you have an ad? Uh, yes, I do. Skipping ad and. Okay, so. I'm at fifteen fourteen. I don't know about you. Wait a minute. You I say am, that you can't see. I'm on part four, and I'm five minutes and thirty six minutes into it. Tracy Ullman is being left off. Okay. Okay. Me too. I'm with you. All right. We must have skipped that at the same second. Look at this piece of junk. Well, look at right? what the, the apartment buildings or the car. Uh, right. Both. And it's, also Tracy Ullman. They dressed her horribly. Made her unattractive. It's Didn't so, give her a funny thing to do. Do you think it's like you would not be able to walk into the city of London today and find yourself a place to live, right? I, I if it's like New York, and it probably is. No, you yeah. cannot afford it. Unfortunately, San Francisco sometimes can can be like that too. Uh, well, it, it is like that, but it's just mm-hmm. funny to see like you know the desolate areas. This rock star makes a movie about the city he loves, and it's like I'll show you all the desolate areas. And now, forty years later, that's probably gentrified as all hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here he was pulling up with a like a rich car in a desk. Okay. <laughs> Do you know the song that goes, I'm not in love, so don't forget it. Is that a wing song? Just the silly things I'm going through. Sure. That's the theme that's... to Roger Moore's Bond, James Bond movie. <laughs> silly well, things. Well, anyway. All right. No, is it silly songs? What is that? No, it's 10cc. It's a. Uh, that's oh, the, yeah. like only hit that I know of, and that's the guy from 10CC. I don't know. Is that interesting? <laughs> it is interesting. 10CC is very interesting to me because not only did they have kind of like clever, catchy pop songs from the 70s and 80s, they, during the 80s, were music video directors, and they did uh-huh. like Owner of the Lonely Heart, I believe, and the, the, the gimmick that they had 20 cop versions because they had 20 different like uh, drum breaks in the song, or, you know. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so they directed a lot of like famous videos, music videos. 10CC is really only interesting to me at the general. The film is an almost essentially pointless piece of cinema. My, uh, a day in the life of Paul McCartney as he's driven around over... A few. Wait a minute, what version are you watching? I'm watching Give My Regards to Broad Street 4 from Your Twistable, and I'm on 737, 738, 739. Okay, great. I'm, I'm, I'm at, uh... Actually, tell me when you get to eight minutes, Okay. Okay. 
10 seconds away from that. Okay. Five seconds. All right. Two, one, now. Okay, great. So we're watching Linda rock out. Oh, now it's back to Paul. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. I had part five playing concurrently for some reason. On a different tab. By tab, I mean... Pretty asking. fancy word, uh, concurrently. Yeah, it's meant to say at the same time. I'm with current. In English, it's it's with current, concurrently. With current. The song they're doing right now is called So Bad, and thing is, it's only two years old. Paul just did it. But I don't understand in this movie why he felt the need to sing a bunch of songs he already had. I think it might have been like, I'll give everyone a concert on screen or something. Right. Yeah, because, you know, when you start playing music in a, in a narrative film, it sort of disconnects you from the film, especially if it's a full performance. Yeah. It, it purposely disorients you. Yeah. It now, stops. The movie stops. A musical, but in a musical, the songs are the They script. push the plot forward. They push, you know, or they'll say, hey, well, this, here's the show I'm doing. Check it out. And what do you think of the show? Yeah. That's great. Let's go out for drinks. And uh, you knew that something's going. And here he's just kind of roaming around. But yeah, it's just movies tend to mm-hmm. screech to a halt when there's a full musical production, you know, and that's intentional or it's, you know, it's a tricky wicked, but tricky wicked. Tricky Wicket, which is cricket. There's uh, NCC guy. See ya. See ya. Okay, are you have an ad? Your video will begin in two one. How? Oh no, I'm uh, I'm at ten fifty five, forty five. I mean nine nine forty eight nine right now. Okay, I'm, I'm ten seconds behind you. I got an ad, but that's okay. Oh, oh you have like an so actual ten- ad? I just got these like banner ads. They're still jamming. Okay, I think I've caught up with you now. I'm at 10.16. Okay, cool. All right, I'm looking up 10cc in Wikipedia. And then I'm going to see... It'll be a measurement for... is ephemeral. Okay, so here comes Big John, who's a reputed criminal guy. Okay. And um, what he likes to do is make money off of people's bootleg tape. Oh, boo! They, <laughs> yeah. So they strongly suspect he paid our evil villain friend a bunch of money to take the tape. And so Paul heard that uh, that was the case, and so he said, Come round, why don't you? And we'll have a chat, right? We'll meet. That's what the rock star thinks bootleggers look like? Oh, make them big. <laughs> scary. Yeah, big and scary. Yeah. Give me those tights, you. Give me your cell phone. No. <laughs> I went to your concert and I recorded it. Look at that belly. Yeah, it's a good belly. Dave Edmonds. Don't, doesn't ring a bell, huh? I know Dave. I'm a teacher, teacher, teach me love. Is that him? I don't 
think so. <laughs> that would be Nick Lowe. <laughs> yeah, was he? he was in a band called Rockpile, maybe? I said that before. Maybe. I'm probably thinking of another guy. Who cares? <laughs> it's my Good way of point. saying I don't want to research it. Understood. No problem. Dave Edmonds has come and gone. Carl, this don't movie, worry about it. This movie sucks. Carl, even with the sound off, it sucks. It's just them playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, is the plot that Big John is there, and then when the song ends, they'll say, Big John! Oh, well, no. What we're about to have is a flashback in which we see... No, it isn't a flashback. It's another Paul McCartney fantasy. See, Paul sees Big John over there, and he has a fantasy. He sees in his head his uh, criminal friend who he hired selling to Big John the tapes. And then he goes, no, don't do it, no! (laughs) And that's when the band will stop and thinking that he was talking to them. And he goes, right, my fault, right. Let's take a break, will we? And then he goes and talks to Big John. But we have to wait through all this rocking out to get there. Let's hear some let's hear some soundtrack. Come on. All right, okay, okay, hang on a second. No, no. you're gonna do Commodore sixty four. No, no. <laughs> Alright, hang on a sec. YouTube. <laughs> what what are you browsing for? Just unmute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't wanna I don't wanna play it. All right, here we go. All right, that's Ohio Fried Chicken by Jake Paul. No, it's a song I just pulled off of YouTube randomly. I'm watching her video. All right, I gotta get back to this movie. I'm sorry. Well. That guy, Chris Spedding, is now rocking out, and we see why he's the session guy, that's all. You see this woman keeps doing extra percussion. Yeah, sure, yeah, she's going rocking out. She's got a sandwich? Oh, no, that's... Is that a sandwich? find her. (laughs) Yeah, she's rocking with the sandwich. (laughs) I cannot find her on the internet. I don't know who the heck she was. See, maybe she's just... She's us, the audience. I don't know. Oh, here comes the flashback you're doing. Well, it's, it's a fantasy, yeah. It's literally a rock and roll fantasy because Paul McCartney yeah, is thinking about it. Okay, so are you moving on to the next? Uh, yeah, I am. So let me go ahead and hit pause. Ready? No, not ready. Okay. Hitting pause. Then when you get I'm an ready. ad, when you get an ad, does it is it like a video ad? It's, the stuff stops. I just got a banner. It ad. says your it says your thing will start in 3 seconds and it shows me like Crab legs and Long John Silver's, and that's it. Okay, so go ahead and you start, and when you when the movie starts, I will hit play. Okay, I'm going to do three, two, one. Go. You're ready, right? Yeah, I'm already. Okay, three, two, one, play. Will you tell and me when Big that? Big John is. Go ahead. If you get the crab legs thing, just tell me. Okay, right now Big John is counting up all of his British pounds because this was pre-Euro. It isn't post-Brexit. <laughs> that was that weird time. That's how you count a movie. Just fan it. Yeah, you just fan it, and it's like, um, what's its name? Speed reading. Remember the guy? Yeah. Evelyn Wood? Evelyn Wood, speed counting. <laughs> Here's the master tapes. He goes, stop, stop. See, Paul McCartney's 
everyone thinks he means him. And he goes, oh, my mistake. How about a cup of tea, love? And they all say, all right, fine, you're the boss. Oh, really? So they finally... How come Paul McCartney doesn't sing a song that is only like three minutes long? Oh, you 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 didn't know it, but he just did like three songs in a row. Oh, he did three songs in a row. I just thought it was the same fucking song. Right, because we don't have any audio. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. I'm glad there's no audio, man. I don't want to see a movie where someone plays three fucking songs in a row. There's one thing to have Big John winning for you when you have one <laughs> song, and then you say take five. You don't go launch into like... <laughs> I guess thing. we won't be reviewing Let It Be. <laughs> oh, so, if, I'd never seen it. The guy, you never saw Let It Be? No. You sh- okay, my, I'm not, it's not the greatest film in the world. Okay, you, thank you. Well, then I better see it. See. <laughs> okay, so the guy's name, I just remembered, is Harry, because of this dumb joke. He goes, Has he, have you seen Harry? And he goes, whoa, Harry Krishna? <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, I'll keep an eye out for him. Which one? Me left eye. So he's saying, like, did you know, his, Harry's gone missing. He's got the tape. And he's, he's going to offer... Um, he, he says, is Harry going back to his old ways of being a criminal? And he's, no, I don't believe so. And I don't know. It's dumb. Let's see if I can tell you anything else interesting about No, I don't this, think there's uh, anything else interesting. I think you're off duty. You're off, off the clock <laughs> on this one. There's nothing more you can tell me about this movie that I give a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't give a shit anymore. I, I'm okay, just done. here's a funny review. Okay, right. here's a funny okay. review. I want to hear something else. Tell I, me the review. Okay. Inside Paul McCartney's career-tumbling stumble on Give My Regards to Broad Street, the script turned on a search for the masters for his new album, which had gone missing. If only life could have imitated art. Oh, zing. I'm too lazy to even zing this movie. I just want you to go ahead and read other people's zings. All right, you see, the joke here is they're talking on the walkie-talkies, and they realize they're right next to each other. That's pretty good. Ha ha. Okay, next trivia thing. Uh, This cost $9 million to make. It's opening weekend. It made half a million. Well, there's, there's more London. pressure. There's no, there's no Ferris wheel in the background. Uh, yeah, it's pre. This is pre Ferris wheel. But that is uh, London became a goddamn joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's very important to have a Ferris wheel. All all real cities have giant fucking Ferris wheels in there. Huh? That are permanent structures. Is it really? Like they're not. It's not going to. Yeah. Cl- oh wow. Well. No, no, that thing is way too high to not be a permanent structure. I mean, if there was a real, like, carnival-sized Ferris wheel, it would be small as Buckingham Palace. Right. It would not be in this looming... Okay, so now Little John will see... Big John. ...that his... Big John. Yeah, I'm thinking Robin Hood. Right. ...will see his uh, pickup was all screwed up. Oh, by the way, he was talking with Paul, and he was like, you seen me new pickup? And he goes, yeah, it's a beaut, ain't it? Knowing that it was all hurt. He goes, what? He just knows it's him from his face. Vader's crying. Watch this. He Darth Vader's him. <laughs> you pick up me. Me pick up. Oh, okay, look so at this. Now the cops are. So we get a Commodore 64. Let's hear some music for yeah. this video, uh, this computer screen. <laughs> oh, 
Commodore 64 fucking rock music wise. Listen to that, man. That's pretty impressive. I had a, you know, the shady side of uh, Commodore 64 games is that they're really easy to get. Mm-hmm. You know, and we would have like uh, parties where we would meet. We would meet and we'd bring our own hard drives, uh, disk drives. We connected disk drives and we would just copy games onto floppy disks. Copying because there yeah. was no protection. Yeah. And then you could punch a hole in a floppy disk and copy and use the other side as well. And it would get to the point where people would have these collections and they would say, like, Dig Dug, hacked by the C64 Skulls crew or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, they would slip in their little hacker handle in there. Mm-hmm. And that's how I played this. I didn't actually go to the store. and I did go to Toys R Us and I bought, like, oh, I think it was, like, Tarzan or Conan or something like that. And it was, like, a Microsoft. Microsoft made a you lot of games for 64. And but what I did was I returned it. I copied it and I went back and I returned it and they gave me my money back because they had a return policy. So I actually so copied the bootleg the game. So one of the uh, one of the uh, games I got was just uh, a Commodore 64 music uh, cover of Enola Gay by OMD and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it really sounded like the song. Like this um, right now, it really sounds like Band on the Run. Anola Gay was the plane that dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, right? Yeah. And it was the dude's mother. The dude's mother? That that was his, the guy, the pilot. He named the plane after his mother. Oh, Anola Gay, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's your claim to frame, right? Oh, Charlotte <laughs> Spiegelman. Yeah, right. Dropping the bomb on well, Let's say like one of our kids are like, well, I got to drop a bomb and devastate half of Japan. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to blame it on my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was... I really got to go. Oh. oh, here they are. They're in a the courtroom. Courthouse. Where are they? They're inside a building. They're at the BBC. And here's the guy who did a Connection. Oh. So this guy's really him, but it just looks like him. He's this guy so looks like him. an actual TV uh, star from the BBC in the '80s, playing himself. Do you want to take a listen? No, you're going to play Commodore 64. Well, I want to hear this guy. I'm going to put it up. <laughs> oh, didn't see that coming. Okay, so they're going to give him an interview here, and then he will do a song. And he will do the long and winding road. Oh my now, God! Is, How appropriate! Now, this is—it's really interesting. You see, on Let It Be, he did long and winding road, and it was just him and the piano. That's all. It was right. just the piano. But Phil Spector, who was famous from The Wall of Sound and the uh, and shooting, Motown, and shooting a woman <laughs> in his house—that was later. Yeah. Yeah. And then later, he. he Became famous for being a crazy person and shooting. <laughs> he, he really was crazy. I, I oh, he was great. I mean, it was it. They tolerated it, but it's really kind of crazy. He pulled a gun on the Ramones for end of the century. You, you know that story. And they're like, "Oh, it was really funny." He pulled a gun on us. Yeah, yeah. He he did have a mental. I don't. Is he alive? I guess he is. He is. He's, He's in prison. I think he has a mental problem. A hundred percent. And he worked a lot with John Lennon. He would call him up saying, they're surrounding me house. And, no, actually, he was American, right? 
Anyway, um, <laughs> that's the best Phil Spector impersonation I've ever heard. It's like he's hearing. He's American. I was going Don't shoot. See, that's how real it sounded. So behind Paul McCartney's back, he said to himself, "This sounds like crap. This just piano version. I hate it." And so he added a whole lot of strings and drums. You've heard the song, right? It, it's the, got uh, a whole orchestra behind it. Yeah, it's about Ohio fried chicken. No, that's the other song. Yeah, I, I've heard the long, the long and winding road. That's right. So Paul McCartney, you know, he found it from. Getting Do I the know, release. Carl? I'm sorry. I have sex to that song. Do I know that song? <laughs> the long and. Why? Yeah. Oh, well, it is. It is three minutes song. Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah. Um, so, to the second. So he called up Phil Spector, pissed off. You know, you fucking, you can't just do. You know, I hate your version, and you didn't ask my permission, and you suck, and you're a crazy person, and go to hell. Then <laughs> on this record, he does Long and Winding Road, and you would think he would try to correct it by just doing it with the piano. He doesn't. He does it with a whole string thing, just like Phil Spector. It makes no sense. Well, I mean, this is what the song is known for, I guess. But, I mean, why not correct? It's just very peculiar that he hated the Phil Spector version, and then he did a remake of it. You know, Paul McCartney played at Outside Lands in San Francisco, which was in Golden Gate Park. and he... I don't hear you well all of a sudden. What's oh, Outside uh, Hi, sorry, Carl. There, I hear you great. All right, perfect. Outside had... Land? It's a yeah, so country. Outside Lands is happening in a couple of weeks. It's uh, in uh, two weeks, maybe. Uh, it is a pay concert uh, over a weekend in Golden Gate Park, mm-hmm. and they have these big names, and they had Paul McCartney one year. And you, uh-huh. can, you, you can hear the concert from my house, but Paul McCartney was, I guess, loud and clear enough that you could hear the concert in real time about a mile away from the park. So I was on, like, Geary uh-huh. Boulevard, and I could hear Paul McCartney singing, you know, with the best Beatles uh, backup band or whatever, and yeah. it was all the hits. And, you know... I first heard it and I go, well, of course he's going to play the hits because he owns this, <laughs> his own music. And then I was like, no, he doesn't. You know, he has to go and perform right. it to make money. Uh, but yeah, so it was amazing though. It was crystal clear and he sounded terrific. And the whole city was was like, well, not the whole city, but the Richmond district, you could hear uh, Paul McCartney perform in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. And, and um, paying for Michael Jackson's lunch that day. That's right. I paid for another uh, uh, <laughs> lunch for him. What year was that, approximately? It was after Michael was Jackson's it? death. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it was pretty recent. It was probably about two or three years ago. Um, here's two things that I didn't tell you. Okay. Um, I just remind you that Linda McCartney was Linda Eastman. You knew that? Uh, she was a child of the Eastman Kodak family. You know, she was a photographer and everything. I think that might have been coincidence. But do you know, Lit Sheridan was Linda Eastman? I didn't know that. Okay. Um, prior to this picture, many of the lead cast had appeared in a short film that was 10 minutes called The Cooler, 1982. This included Paul McCartney, wife Linda McCartney, Ringo Starr, and wife Barbara Bach. So I saw that in preparation for today. It's basically like four or five Ringo Starr mu- music videos. Wait, I got, I, I got it. I got it on YouTube. Let me go ahead and play it for us. Uh, okay. <laughs> Pretty good. I, I'm remembering it differently. <laughs> oh, you, can, you can hear that Paul's playing the bass left-handed in your recording. Huh. 
Is, is there a difference, Carl? Uh-huh. You, you can tell the difference. You can tell which hand Paul McCartney is playing the guitar. <laughs> you are okay, no. fucked. Who you can't tell. Okay, so after this scene, in so, this scene, he's doing Eleanor Rigby, okay? Okay. And he's going to fantasize this whole eight-minute segment. Okay, it's starting. Okay, so right now he is in Albert Hall. All right, let's take a listen. you might know from the famous song, A Day in the Life. Right. So this is the famous song. Here we go. There it is, Albert Hall. Yes. Yeah. Now they know how many holes it takes to fill the Albert Hall. Play it again. Go ahead. Oh, I got you. So he's literally showing you Albert Hall. He has so much money yeah. that like two decades later, this is what he's using the money for. Actually, yeah, not, it took, he's got nine million million dollar budget. He could rent Albert Hall for a day to shoot this. Yeah, and I guess he rented the tux too. He likes the video style of like performing in a classical, you know, a place that has some British his, musical history to it. And here's you know, I'm a musician mm-hmm. and I'm playing with musicians, and that's it. And we're sitting. Most of the time, he's sitting. No, he stands, right? Um, yes, he does. But why would he play? Eleanor Rigby with an acoustic guitar. That's another weird thing. I think it's, she's so lonely that he, he would play the song <laughs> about her when Albert Hall is empty. Mm-hmm. You see Rathbone? There's Rathbone. Boo. Slugworth. Slugworth. There's Slugworth. Eleanor Rigby. There was a movie called, like, The Mysterious Death of Eleanor Rigby, or the, the uh, mm-hmm. that was post-Beatles, too. The Lonely Death, or thing. Now, okay, the, what ha- uh, Oh, uh, you going to the next one? I got a commercial. Oh, no, oh, no, I do. Oh, no, I do. Okay, I'm paused and waiting for you to give me right. the A, okay. I was seeing like an interesting commercial. Okay, uh, I'm ready. Am I doing it? I'll do it. Three. Eins, zwei, drei. Go ahead. Fear. I, I fear that you'll never hit play. Oh, you you speak German. I don't. Uh, three, two, Not one. Correct. Play. Oh, I'm so behind now. It serves me right. All right, so there's a bunch of ducks. So he's Oh, now they're in a gazebo. A, a Those are show. ugly ducks. Those Wait are really ugly. You know what? In real life, they're going to grow up to be uglier ducks. <laughs> so was, that was the moral, yeah. I yeah. remember that story. Yeah, that was she was an ugly duckling, duckling, and when she grew up, she just grew up to be an older, ugly, uglier duckling, and it was really sad. So now we have a fantasy scene in which Paul McCartney is looking at himself. He he plays up this like it's British tropes and traditions, but it's always like really rich versions, right? They're like, mm-hmm. uh, I know this is Kent. The scene is shot in Kent, England. Because I, I read that. I, it is. It yeah. looks like Jefferson Memorial, you know. <laughs> it looks like Palace of Fine Arts, even. Right over here. Or, this is uh, Kent. Still Lake. Is Kent a city in England or a place? Uh, I think it's a city or a town. You know, um, the city of Kent is never around when the city of Superman is. I love it. Yeah, I ever noticed that? I always tell that to uh, the city of Kent when he appears. I said, you <laughs> just missed the city of Superman. Oh, you just missed <laughs> Hey, you know what? Nice. Did you notice the time? Classes. Did you notice the time where um, London like punched the city of Kent, and the city of Kent did nothing? 
And the city of Lane was like, if the city of Superman was here, he would have punched <laughs> yeah. back. Right. Man, so, that city man. Of, of Lane, she's cold city. Brr. So, um, well, isn't that a street in the city of Kent, Lois Lane? This so, <laughs> here we have, um, they're going for a picnic, the rich people, and yeah. there are two servants that are with them. And one of them is our criminal friend, Harry. Uh, Tracy Ullman is actually, I said she was gone, but... She plays said, a working class uh, servant? Ringo has got his um, monkey hat on. Now, this is interesting because they're all... So, Ringo's drinking wine, which he doesn't do yeah. now. And right. are they going to eat turkeys? You know, are they going to pull out, like, fucking eggplants? What are they going to eat? <laughs> I don't know. By the way, uh, if you'll... I would ask you to turn on the sound, but I know you just turned on it as before. But right here now, we're hearing the classical composition. I'm, I'm listening. Uh, see, there it is. The classical composition of... There's Tracy Ullman. There's Harry, our criminal friend, pretending uh. to be a servant person. Um, so Paul McCartney composed about nine minutes of classical music. There's the radioactive tape. Oh, I thought it was going to be core lights in that in that basket. So cores. Oh, the tape. So the tape is radioactive. It looks like it's in me. Did they spend Here's eight the nine million dollars? Yeah. Oh, so he's Kodak Eastman. Yeah. The plays so a photographer. She's going to do. She is the one who takes the picture, of course. <clears throat> with the tape. I think it's unfair to say that Linda McCartney uh, has no. Uh, what were you saying? Talent. No, yeah, no charisma. Talent. She knows what charisma is. No, she had no charisma. Yeah, she knows charisma. It's in the dictionary. <laughs> she knew of it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> now comes the fantasy of the wicked deal. Now, Paul sees the Rathbone people, right? Right. And Ringo's like, let's get on a boat and put ourselves in peril. Right. So they're going to get on the boat. Now, there's Harry with the oars, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Always with the, the horse. people. He's a dirty oar, that. Uh, there is Rathbone himself, Slugworth. Now, oh, like watch Frank's what a... Harry does. He right. doesn't give him the oars. He kicks him away. Oh, hang on a sec. I'm still watching. I think, uh... All right, he kicks him away now. I got you. I'm a little, I'm a little behind you. So Paul's like, Harry knows what he's done. What number are you Paul's on? Paul's like... What number? Park six, uh, four forty-three. Okay, I'm on four twenty-four. I'm on four twenty-five. I'm sorry, I meant twenty. Now look, you see the the um, the waterfall is coming. Right. They have no oars. They are they uh, up oh, the they're creek. Acting. They're acting. Oh, I'm so, up the creek without a paddle, literally. <laughs> so while Paul is distracted, you saw Harry swipe the tape for well, that into the waterfall. Now look, they all drowned and die, and then Paul goes, "Oh, it's awful, terrible." <laughs> <laughs> they drowned and died. Oh, so now he's in this the winter. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. in the snow place now. I don't know why. His friends drowned in a, a, a waterfall, and now he runs off in the snow. I, I guess, and, and he sees them as ghosts. Maybe he goes, hey, it's you, and they fade away. It's not you. And this is at the Shining Labyrinth okay. maze. 
Now, look, Mike, here is why Linda McCartney has no charisma. Oh, she's on you a horse. You dress her up, you do her hair, you put her on a beautiful stallion, and she's still ugly. It's a mug. <laughs> Terrible, man. Take a look. Take a look. Uh, she looks like Robert Plant. <laughs> <laughs> That's sexy. I'm sorry I'm not nice, but I don't like her. She, she well, stole my fall. She, she also made all those... Uh, Frozen vegetarian meals, right? Say her name on those? I guess. I don't know. She's a really good vegetarian. So there. <laughs> How can you be a good vegetarian? Don't eat meat. Don't eat meat. You're a good vegetarian. Yeah, good, good vegetarian. Good for you, vegetarian. Jay, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, what do you eat? Hamburgers and chicken. Well, you're a bad vegetarian. Yeah, you're... What do you eat? I eat eggplant and tofu. Well, you're a good vegetarian. Yeah. With pork. Uh, now here he is in like uh, Charles Dickens London, and he's turning up the whores, which is a dumb move. I yeah. mean, he's got the time because he he's also money. Jack the Ripper too. I mean, he should be stabbing him. Oh, that's to come, by the way, a stabbing scene. Now here's Big John. Oh, straight out of Dickens. So he hides because he's going to see a wicked deal. Oh, so so he, oh, he sees the act. I got me tape. Yes, the new Paul McCartney Now, here's jam. the radioactive tapes in the dark. What a metaphor for this film. Now, do you remember the Bud Light dog? Uh, Spuds McKenzie? Yes. Yeah, that's his name. That's right. I murdered Spuds. I, so, here we will see... Now, the internet does not say this is Spuds, but I'm telling you that <laughs> he, this dog was chosen because of... I see Spuds uh, every know, night in my dreams. He said, why did you choke me, Mike Spiegelman? Why did you kill me? And I go, Spuds, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I was young. Oh, now dog fight. This is kind of cruel. I think some animal lover he is. God, this is so ridiculous. They're like, we need to yeah. build a cobblestone street and have horses go by it. Right. And meanwhile, Paul McCartney's classical music is playing, and I sure wish he would put Oh, it's classical... <laughs> So he's playing classical music? Yes, it's it all. Doesn't sound classical to me. Music. It sounds like a Commodore 64 version of Man on the Run, personally. <laughs> you might be right. So now Rathbone comes, and he's, I don't know, Harry's done exactly what Rathbone wants, but for some reason, Rathbone. Is like out against to get Harry now. It doesn't make sense with our plot. Well, it's all a fantasy anyway. It doesn't have to make sense. It's Paul McCartney's yes, head. Fantasies have to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a metaphor for the film, ouch. Did you ever see now, the why? Delete? What? Do you ever see the deleted scene in Inception where they show up in Paul McCartney's dream? Inception. No, I didn't. I I saw Inception. I didn't see the Paul McCartney part. Oh, they, they cut that part out. Inception was so bad. That's not the way dreams work. This is a dream right here. You're all Dickens with a knife. Now look what Rathbone does. Jack's the Ripperism. Why? Thank you for doing exact... Oh, ketchup. They must have had a <laughs> You broke me ketchup bag. <laughs> me ketchup bag by me chest. He has like a rapier and a cane. Like, oh, you're just a guy wearing a, with a cane. First off, that cane, you could probably hear the saber rattling inside the case, right? And sure, you're not fooling yeah, anyone. that sounds right. Nothing works perfect. You don't have a cane that you whip out a fucking sword out of it. 
cat in there. Everyone knows it's a sword in there. It's not no ordinary cane. Now, this is 1840s England. Ketchup is not easy to come by. No, Haynes... like ketchup flag. You had to send a box to America to William Haynes. To William Hines? Yes, William Hines. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fucking killing it. William Hines and Inception. Inception. You would give William Hines uh, 43 items, because at the time he only had 42, 40, uh, 4 items. Wait, what is the number? Isn't it 57? 57. What, what's the number on? You're right. I, was, I thought it was 47 when I said that. Oh, exciting <laughs> conversation. Okay. All right. Press play. Oh, wait, I got to play. I got Travelocity. Pause. Wait, hang on a second. I'm still doing Travelocity. Well, you should have known better. <laughs> I'd rather stay here, because as you know, there's no place. Like, like no. no. All right. Uh, I'm ready when you are. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to count down. Yeah. Three, two, one, play. Alright, so they're playing classical music right now? You know what, actually, let me, let me take a listen. Yeah, give it to listen. Ding, 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 <laughs> We're here for Harry's death. He died on the stairs like he was born. He died the way he was born on the stairs. So he says, he's remembering, he's saying, You're all, it's done now at the BBC. What are you going to do? And he says, I'm going out. And he's like hell bent now on finding these tapes. So he performed for the BBC Live, and then all the studio musicians left the studio, and he Paul was meanwhile fantasizing yeah, about. Yeah, in a trance. Yeah. That's really funny. And I love this fucking limousine. You know the best part no, of this. I'm totally driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> You're gonna get hit. You fucking Brit. Oh, is is he driving or is it his limousine? Oh, he is driving. He just missed that lorry. Look how the drivers, the steering wheel's on the wrong side. I guess yeah, there like must be American like some car. kind of, maybe he bought it for cheap, it was manufactured wrong. There's the yeah. Anheuser-Busch uh, beer factory. Right, the famous London Sir Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> yeah, Sir Anheuser-Busch. They're on the Bay Bridge right now. This is the GW. Heading into Queens. Yeah. <laughs> G.W. Bush Bridge. Don't you hate when you're on this bridge, like, uh, to leave London, it's, it's a, to enter New Jersey, it's free, but to go back to London, it's yeah. six bucks. Right, because yeah. if you if you want to go into London where all the cool people are, you're going to have to pay. If you right. want to leave... You want to go back to New Jersey? No, no problem. Yes. You want to go to Jersey? Yes. <laughs> no the, charge. The George Washington Bridge charges you to go into New York and then then they pay you uh, they pay you to go into New Jersey yeah they give right it's like a you can get your deposit on the soda can <laughs> yeah oh here's a buck bag <laughs> you're returning here's here's a nickel <laughs> now there's a guy named Ralph Richardson and he's one of he's a classical actor and he's knighted he's Sir Ralph Richardson and this is one of his last appearances on film 
uh, I didn't have time or I didn't make the time to research like why oh, is he so famous. I actually I seen I saw a movie uh, about him, Sir, uh, King mm-hmm. Ralph. Uh, right, with, with Roseanne's husband, I yeah. saw it. Yeah, Dan Tanner. Actually, I saw that, remember the movie theater you helped me break into for Kindergarten Cop? Yeah, of course. That's where I saw that, King Ralph. Yeah, I saw it with, well, no, you know what, uh, Carl, uh, we have a f- mutual friend who's in Fishburgers. By the way, Carl and I had a public access show called Fishburgers, and it is, you can find it on our Fishburger channel on YouTube. Some good yeah. clips. So one of the guys we worked with was our friend John Fonseca, and yeah. <clears throat> Fonseca and I went into your theater, and we <laughs> went to see King Ralph. And what happened was, there was four people in the theater, me and John, and two other guys. And the movie starts, and the whole royal family gets electrocuted. And... Um, <laughs> He, they all die and he becomes king and it's so stupid the four of us say let's leave let's just go into the other theater and see whatever's in there and yeah. we walk into scenes from a mall with uh, Bette Midler and Woody Allen which is even worse that's the story yeah, theater hopping always doesn't yield a good result it depends on what year it is yeah and, and then I'll tell you like uh, on my honeymoon uh, that movie came on and I started telling uh-huh. my my uh, wife uh, the same story, and she's like, "Are you telling me the story on your honeymoon? Are you watching King Ralph on the honeymoon?" <laughs> and I didn't tell this to my brother, but my brother told me the same thing happened to him. So he was on his honeymoon, and there was a bad movie on TV, and he started to watch it. Like, just kept his eye on it. And his wife's like, "Are you really watching that movie? Are you serious right now?" <laughs> So um, basically, he's like, have you seen Harry? And he goes, yes, Harry was here last night. Did he have the tape? Yes, he had the tape. Where was he going? And I think somehow he gets the lead that he was going to Broad Street Station. Ah. Um, so there's more self-effacing humor here, and you got to pat Paul on the back for it. Uh, when Paul's leaving, he goes, well, I'm off. You know, as if that's what English people say when they right. leave, right? I'm off. And Sir Richard here goes, you've been off for years. (laughs) Which I think means, like, you don't work. Right, oh, like on the dole. Off the dole, maybe, I don't know. That monkey is Bubbles. Yeah, on loan from Michael Jackson. It's a cameo appearance. Yeah. That guy has a fucking monkey in his house. Mojo Jojo. So obviously he was more of a fan of the monkeys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you think that was... Uh, a Beatles monkey thing. You know, I saw Mickey Dolan's once. I guess I told you that story. Huh. No, go ahead, tell me now, again. On a flight. Uh, we were we were flying home from L.A., and he was on a flight, and it was kind of sad because, like, nobody knew him, and, and I, he looked old, and I was not going to go up to him and be like, Yeah. Hey, it's so great, can I have your autograph? You know, <laughs> leave the guy alone. But he looked like he wanted somebody. But finally, this young girl approached him and was like, oh, wow, and he lit up. He was so happy. And he was happy. Yeah, and I felt good for him then. I saw him on a TV thing, a Tim and Eric show, and he does look old, but he's still alive. He's still around, which is sure. terrific. Yeah, and he was, he was yeah. my favorite. And the movie Head, which we yeah. did. If you want to see the movie Head with us, uh, go to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Dot blogspot.com. But who knows and, what episode, right? No, it, I have links to all the movies on the left column, so you can just scroll down. Uh, this is our 60th film, so, you know, or actually Head. 58th. Two episodes were, were trailer shows. Edison, 
Edison Counts, Edison Electrocuting like, an Elephant. That's a movie, yeah. my friend. And it was a nice touch how you did Edison's Frankenstein. Uh, was it Frankenstein? No, was it? We saw uh, Nosferatu with uh, yeah. a 1910 version of Frankenstein, which was really That's fascinating. Frankenstein, yeah. yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Speaking of fascinating, good, uh, Paul McCartney is driving down the street, finally on the right side. He, he drank a, a bottle of liquor, Carl, and then he drove on the right side of the then street. Then he drove. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think he's now going to end up at, who is that? unflattering creature. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's just a dog. Oh. I think her name is Linda. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Linda, my dear, do you have any bubbly? Sure, Ringo. Why do you drink every time I see you? It makes you tolerable, dear. <laughs> oh, come on. The, you know, I guess it's none of my business, but Paul McCartney and Linda were always like a idyllic, ideal couple. Yes, and they he, were. And then when she passed away... I mean, away, I just think it should have stayed that way. Well, Why she, did she have to be the piano player? She didn't have any charisma. All right, so, she didn't uh, have talent especially. There's a, a CD collection called Celebrities at Their Worst, and one of the volumes, I think volume four, is music. And they have some a bitter engineer... Uh, was at a live concert of Wings, and he isolated mm-hmm. Linda McCartney's uh, musical contributions from the stage. Her singing. Yeah, how did she sound? It's not flattering at all. It really, <laughs> it's really like a, it's malicious, but it's uh, now he's looking at modern day hookers. Modern, oh, it's the same people. They, they, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they went to casting. They said, "We need you as 18th century uh, vagabond." And then he's like, well, we're done with you. And then he walks off and they shoot him on the street. Then it'd be a 20th century. <laughs> 20th century Fox. Why I always got to be a whore? Well, look at you, honey. <laughs> okay, so now I talked over it, but our friend from Cocktail was with the Rathbone people in the office. It's around 11 p.m. and they're going to sign the papers if the, if it turns over the company. Uh, it would be so much funnier if it was like Michael Jackson's people, but it's not. It's Rathbun Industries, and they're going to turn over the uh, company to him at midnight. I think now, though, that Paul is going to find Broad Street. I think we're we're wrapping up here. So this is a over. This is a nice uh, view of London from 1984. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's featured in No More Lonely Nights, the big hit from this movie. There's two things I want to say about that movie. One is, Paul McCartney did this other record, um, like, I Need a Temporary Secretary. You remember that stupid record? Uh, He's, like, crouched. Is that the Christmas song? Having a wonderful Christmas uh, holiday time. Well, anyway, there was a song on there that really sounds like No More Lonely Night, and nobody liked that song, and Paul loved that song. This No More Lonely Nights is a reworking of that song. The second thing, and it's a little tacked on, but it's at least interesting, is David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. He is the guitarist on uh, No More Lonely Nights, and he does a good job. That's cool, yeah. Okay, so now he's having a fantasy in which they're singing, Give My Regards to Broad Street as Harry leaves. Oh, are they goes, really? Ah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, let me take a listen. Ding, 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 ding. Band on the run. 
Oh no, I've I've actually gone too far. I say you have. This joke is way done. <laughs> no, it it, play, it was playing the auto playing the next video. Here we go, we're back. Thank goodness. The uh, channel that this is from is a guy named Harry Guy. I, you know what? I like the music uh, from this movie. Oh, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm Especially this part. Band on the run. <laughs> Band with the runs. What are they running from, Carl? Success? Musical quality? Um, Sailor Sam and, and, and Jailer Jam. We're banned. Okay, so here we are at Broad Street Station. And it's abandoned. Oh! oh uh, 13 more minutes. Press Jeez, this is going long. Carl, we're going to have to wrap this up. There's no way we could sit through. Uh, it's We have 12 more minutes. We have like five more minutes of this show. Well, it's ending now. I'm skipping ad. I'm hitting pause. You tell me when to count. All right, go ahead. No, you. It's your Three, turn. Three, two, one, go. But Carl, this last segment is 13 minutes and 29 minutes. I, I don't have time for that. Okay. You have, you're going to be over by a minute. There'll be credits rolling. It's It's almost over? Yes. I'm watching part eight. Find him now. What's that? Part eight. Uh, no, I'm not watching part eight. Oh my goodness, I'm watching the No More Lonely Nights song. Oh, all right, Carl. So you know what? Let us go to the last part, and we'll just watch the last the the end credits (laughs) for closure. Okay. Well, I want to tell you then that we were about to see Paul McCartney singing on the street for money. Yeah. And they, it was, it was, he was in disguise. It was real. People were appreciating him and giving him money, not knowing that he was Paul McCartney. Uh, that's weird. Okay. I found, give my regards to Broad Street part eight. It is 13 minutes, 29 yeah, so why don't we find that scene? Okay, I think I know where that scene is. Uh, go. I'm at 3.38. Uh, let me try a little bit further. Before. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is it. Let's go to 3.24 approximately. Okay, so we want everyone to go to 3.24 and hit on pause section on section 8. And we're just going to watch the, the only memorable scene in this movie. I guess the one that people talk about. He's <laughs> pretending to be a homeless man. Yeah. The richest man in the world. Uh, Vagabond. Yeah, he's probably the richest man in London when they shot this. But here we go. Yeah. Three, two, one, select. See, and he's in disguise. He's got his uh, sunglasses on. And people are giving him money. <laughs> there it is. It's pretty good. It's rendition of Band on the Run, yeah. Carl, you got any shows coming up? Uh, yeah, I'll be at uh, the Broadway uh, Comedy Club, uh, which is not on Broadway, on August uh, 19. So come on all down. Come on yeah, over down to New York that. City. Okay, he's flashback. Uh, I think that's about it. Let's go ahead to like the end credits. And... Oh, look, he sees, but he sees the tape, you see? Uh-huh. So that means that Harry is close by, and he's about to find him locked up in the... Uh, Okay, are you really ending now? I, I'm, um, I'm going to need to end. Are, it's a two-hour show. Go, okay. Can we go to 724, 725? Okay, I'm on it. Okay, 
Okay, I clicked on 725. You see the clock? Yep, it's spinning around. Okay, now we find out that we're back. It's a wheel. We're back in the limo at the beginning of the movie, and it was all a dream. No, not one of those movies. Yeah. God damn you, Paul yeah. McCartney. Sir Paul. He, it was all a dream? Thinks, Look how he yeah. sleeps, too. He's beautiful. The only interesting thing of this scene is it is Abbey Road Studios, the famous front door. Uh, of I Abbey guess we suppose Road that too. God, that's so terrible. So he, we were watching Dreams Within Dreams. Yeah. So he's like, is Harry around? Yeah, I think he's here. Why? Oh, never mind. I'm going to punch him. Oh, never mind. There he goes. There's oh, Abbey Road. No, Abbey Road. This is where Carl and I uh, recorded our album. Right. Yeah. It was. Right. It was called uh, 90120. It was a yes album. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, Carl, thank you so much. Sorry I was hostile to you today. Were you? I don't know, I was notice. I? I don't think that. I, I, don't, think I don't want to apologize for shit, man. Well, it's called entertainment. Uh, Carl, thank you so much. Check out Carl in New York City at, at Broadway. Uh, I will Broadway be... musical. Give my regards to. Yes, give I'm my sorry, regards to. Go ahead. Oh. Where will you be? Uh, gosh, that's well. I have a couple of my own shows. Right after this recording, I will be at Kavika's Ocean Beach Deli doing my fourth Sunday of every month show right at Ocean uh-huh. Beach in San Francisco, where Playland at the Beach is. And then I will be at the Layover uh, running my show uh, this Tuesday, August first. And I have a show I run uh, on Comic Club in Marina. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, and anyone books a show, I, I'm tired of booking myself. Out, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The layover, that's, uh, you lounge there, right? I lounge at the layover lounge. Yes. And the Comet, uh, you clean up there at the Comet Club. Uh, it's a Comet Club, right, I clean up with Comet, yeah. Oh, Carl, you know everything about this. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, well, I'm a fan, you know. Well, very cool. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much. We're watching the credits go by. Uh, I wonder if there's any, like, big names. Nope. There it is. Look at that. And Peter London. Manley, yeah. That building looks like a big, long S. <laughs> does it? does. It? Yeah. Maybe it's like subliminal. It's like, suck this. or uh... <laughs> It's the town of Superman. Yeah, right. <laughs> the town of Superman. There we go. You can see the S on this town. Yes. Yeah. The we saw the town of, of Clark. It's, you are so right. Oh, here's the songs we didn't listen to. Yesterday, here, come, here there, and everywhere. One or less. It's okay we didn't hear them. It's okay. They oh, it the says Drums Ringo Starr on it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Richard Starkey. But I thought he didn't play the Beatles songs on this. He he didn't? Good point. Well, Brushes. Searching for Brushes was Ringo Starr. Oh, yeah, right. I gotcha. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Uh, come see us our shows. Uh, if you listen so far, we love you very much, and we want you to listen to us again. Not too desperate of me. And uh, <laughs> let's play a little bit of Carl after all this uh, excitement. So uh, here's Carl with the theme song. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was classic. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike's friend. I wrote this song.
song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and ways champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Want to spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? 
Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee-slapping, side-splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead. Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th Annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free! (laughs) 